So I suddenly realized today that I never actually introduced myself, which is super rude, like beyond rude. I, I never do that. I like spend at least a paragraph and maybe a paragraph and a half just introducing myself in an email to a stranger that I'll never talk to again. And yet I launched an entire podcast without actually introducing myself, which is crazy. I, I can't, I, I genuinely can't believe I did that. So yeah, this episode is long overdue, but I think it's, you know, worth visiting. Uh, so yeah, uh, my name is Cassie Fletcher, short for Cassiopeia. I usually have to introduce myself that way because for whatever reason, if I introduce myself as Cassie, sometimes people start calling me Cassandra. And I get that, you know, Cassandra is much more common than Cassiopeia. And by much more common, I mean like there's hundreds of thousands of Cassandras and like five Cassiopeias in the United States. So yeah, I mean, definitely not going to be upset that people assume, but then they feel really awkward when they find out that that's not my name. And then there's like embarrassment that ensues and then they treat me weird because it's like, it's my fault. Anyway, so I just introduce myself as Cassiopeia and then let them know that I go by Cassie. I have had three or four people who have like tried to consistently use Cassiopeia, which is kind of cool, but for the most part, Cassie's fine. So I am 35 years old, 36 in July. And super weird. I, I genuinely don't feel like I've been alive for that long. There's just, I, I don't know. There's just, it just kind of feels like I am still in my 20s, which works out, I guess, because a lot of people tell me that I look like I'm in my early 20s. So I'll, I'll age well, you know, at least in my face. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, my dad was military for 25, 30 years. And so I moved all over as a kid. We started out, uh, let's see, well, I guess we started out in Utah because that's where my parents met. And my dad was ROTC in the Air Force at the time at, at university. And so he and my mom met, they got married, had my brother, had me. My dad went into the military, broke his leg, was kicked out, got his leg fixed, went back in. It was just, you know, it was a whole thing. Um, let's see, I'm the second of eight. I have six brothers and one sister whom I love and adore. And we all get along. We all love each other. At the moment, at least half of us all live in the same house, which is kind of insane, but you know, not necessarily in a bad way. There's definitely a lot of, um, compromise that has to go on, but it, for, I mean, it's genuinely been working out. It's great to have the kids, uh, although I do have to do a lot of my videos at night while they're asleep because I don't need, you know, bumps and screams and, you know, having to go run out and rescue somebody from uh, jumping off of something that they shouldn't. So it's, it's been fun. There are nine nieces and nephews in total. I have... four sisters-in-law and then my oldest brother has a girlfriend so yeah that's kind of like a bit of background um going into a bit more personal stuff about me my education has been kind of like 
not spotty, but kind of like shifty. I don't know. Does that make sense? So I, I started out as a kid wanting to be an astronaut and I had all, I had everything like planned about what I wanted to do. I mean, I was six, so I had everything planned insofar as a six-year-old says they want to be an astronaut. And then I got diagnosed with asthma when I was six. And so that kind of derailed that. Um, and then when I was 10, I'd largely grown out of it. And so all of a sudden it was reopened to me because you, if you have asthma after the age of 12, you're disqualified, but I grew out of it at 10 and I had some, you know, things here and there that weren't quite, you know, I, I sometimes had to go to the doctor and get tested, but I didn't have to carry an inhaler or anything like that. So it was great. Um, and so I put back into action those plans that I had shelved as a, as a child and started working actively towards um, becoming an astronaut. And that largely for me entailed going into the military and becoming a, a pilot because I didn't think I was smart enough to become one of the scientists or one of the engineers or something like that, that would be able to go into space and do these things. There are so many other people who are so much more interested and qualified in those fields than I ever could have been. So the only way I felt like I could go into space was if I did so as the pilot of a shuttle. So I was working in that direction um, for about seven years. Um, and then a, a lot of my, um, education that I did as a kid was geared towards that. I, I really enjoyed my science classes. I really enjoyed, I honestly, well, okay. Honestly, I didn't really enjoy school much at all because I had a bad experience in the fifth grade when a teacher just, I don't know what it was. She had it out for me and I've had other, you know, career teachers be like, she didn't have it out for you. And I'm like, you know what? You weren't there. Okay. Like this lady, she had it out for me and I don't know what it was that I did. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, she would, anyway, that's, that's a rant for another time. I'm going to do an education video. I promise. And that will be included. You'll get that story. So, um, enjoyed my science classes and I, ended up graduating early from high school when I was 16 and my older brother uh, finished high school and we were able to go to college at the same time together. And I, so I graduated at 16 in May, right before I turned 17 in July. And we enrolled together at community college. We were in Ohio at the time. And so I was able to enroll in the aeronautics program at the, at the college, which was really difficult to get into because everybody like wants to go to, you know, Dayton, Ohio to become a pilot. So, but I got in and I was super excited. I was, I, I wasn't in like the official track. I think it was like, I don't remember. This was like 20 years ago. But uh, anyway, whatever the case, I, I got everything in line so that I was ready to start the aeronautics program. And my family went on a vacation down to Arkansas. And while we were there, 
I had a massive asthma attack while I was with my aunt going to pick up one of my uncles from the airport and had no choice but to go to the hospital for it. And boom, that was it. It was on my medical record. I was completely disqualified from every branch of the military for life. Believe me, I have tried. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my life kind of took a abrupt turn. I floated around here and there. I spent four years at the community college trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life moving forward because everything that I had been planning for over half of my life was suddenly unavailable to me. And I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do or what direction I wanted to go in. I didn't know what I wanted to study. I didn't know what I wanted to do for a job. And it was, it was a trying time. And so I basically just took whatever classes I wanted that sounded interesting to me so I could figure out where I wanted to go. Uh, some of those worked out well and others absolutely did not. And, you know, that's okay. That's what community college is for. You know, it's like a place of, of feeling things out. And then I was accepted into my undergraduate university when I, let's see, it was 2008. And I settled on English with a minor in creative writing. And I was really blessed because at this university that I attended, Orson Scott Card is one of the English creative writing faculty. And I was able to take a full semester class with him. And it was so great. I learned so much about writing and crafting and storytelling and character building, world building. It was just, it was so helpful to me as a budding author. And from there, I went to Utah for a while because I was planning to apply to the University of Utah's uh, BA to PhD program for creative writing. And I didn't know how to apply to graduate school. So I didn't know that I had to send, let, like, I had to send out the requests for letters to my professors. So didn't get into that school. Um, and then I tried to get into BYU and I contacted all of my professors. I did everything right. And then I got a rejection and my professors were so confused. They, they were all upset. Like, why would you get rejected from the program? And so I went through my application trying to figure some, like, what was it that, did I do something wrong? Did I not add something that should be there? As I was going through, I got to my letter of you know why I wanted to attend the school and at the very top of this letter it's, it's like the reason I want to attend the University of Utah is because so yeah but it worked out my family at the time was stationed in Hawaii and they were about to return to the mainland and they were going to Nebraska and I looked up universities in Nebraska I found Creighton University and I was able to apply and be accepted for their very first uh, uh, cohort for their uh, creative writing MFA program, which was really cool. From there, I was able to get a job at a local university in the writing center, where which helped me later get a job teaching composition one and two at a community college across the river in Iowa. And that was huge. Like I learned more about writing by teaching writing, I think, than I did in my entire undergraduate, which is not 
necessarily bad. I'm one of those people who learns by doing as opposed to by being told. So having, so having to teach other people how to do, I had to do it myself. And yeah, anyway, it was really great. And I very much enjoyed it. But then I realized that if I wanted a full-time job, a career in academia, I needed more education, a broader education. And I didn't want to go and get a master's degree in English because as a, with an, a master's of fine arts, you really can only teach creative writing and some comp courses. And the only reason that any university would hire you is if you had like a name and some serious publications to go along with it, because otherwise most universities can't afford to hire someone who's just a creative writing teacher. So I didn't want to get a degree in English because that's really no more marketable. Everybody with a master of fine arts in creative writing has a master's degree in English. I, I just, if they have a master's degree, okay, like that's, that's no more diverse or marketable than just having my MFA. So I was looking into my options and I found a mass communications program at BYU. And I was like, I can, uh, journalism, I can do journalism. I, I did journalism. On, I, I was, I was on the, the newspaper for my undergrad. So I contacted my newspaper for, I contacted my newspaper professor. I can English. <laughs> I have, I have two degrees in English. Anyway, I contacted my paper professor, newspaper professor, yeesh. Um, and he wrote me a really good letter. I wrote a, an article about my dad's retirement to use as a sample paper to submit, took the GRE because my previous scores had expired turned out to be a really good thing because I found out later that one of the main reasons that they let me into the program is because my writing score for the GRE was a five, which is apparently really good. So yay. And it's, you know, it's not like I've been studying my whole life. Well, okay. My whole academic life, how to write or anything, but yeah. So from there, I graduated in 2021 we had to deal with the lovely pandemic so that was a thing but we we made it through and I got grad I graduated on time and then I went to another university to get a PhD in creative writing because I didn't feel confident enough in my knowledge and understanding of comms to feel like I could get into a communications PhD program and actually do well in it uh, I, so I started this PhD in creative writing and everybody was super nice. The professors were great, but it just, it didn't fit me anymore because I was so much more interested in the academic side of writing than I was in the actual creative writing process. And, and, there, and I, I shouldn't really say it like that because there's definitely academics involved in specifically creative writing, but I was interested in the science, which makes sense because all the way back, that was what I wanted to do was be in science. 
And so it was the science of story and why story affects people and how it can change minds and hearts that really drew me in. And so that's why I ended up leaving that university and going to Regent where I currently am to get my PhD in communications with an emphasis in narrative communications or the science of communicating through story. So that's kind of like my educational journey, bit of my background. Um, I've, I've said before on this that I'm not married. I've never been married. I don't have children. I am, you know, I'm definitely interested in those things. I just have never really had the opportunity. And so just been so focused. Well, I don't, I shouldn't say I've been so focused on my life and career because that's not true. It's just, that's kind of how it ended up. I'm very introverted, which surprises people because they're like, you're, you're not shy at all. Well, okay. Being introverted doesn't mean that you're shy. It just means that you don't necessarily like to be around people on a regular basis. I have a small group of friends whom I love and adore and whom I enjoy being around and, and, but it's very difficult for me to expand that circle. So I've never really dated anybody or done, you know, so I just, you know, just kind of go from one day to the next enjoying the things that life throws at me and yeah and so all through that sprinkled about starting in 2004 i've been involved with moms for america because my mom founded the organization in 2004 and so i helped a lot when it first got started when i was 17 i traveled with her everywhere for about about four years for about the time that i was uh, attending community college I traveled with her pretty regularly, not extensively. She had young kids at home, but every now and then we would go on a, a big trip. I remember um, Mother's Day when I was 17, so it would have been Mother's Day 2005. We did a road trip from Dayton down to Washington, D.C. to have a meeting with, I think it was Heritage Foundation, and I yeah I went along, and it was it was really cool. I was able to meet a lot of people and, but I mean, I was super shy, like super, super, super shy when I was younger, you know, 20 years ago, this, this, this would never have happened. So I was able to intern under my mom and I did that off and on for about 10 years until I left for, well, obviously my family was in Hawaii for three years. So I wasn't doing it then. Actually, well, mom came to the mainland while my dad was going to OTS in 2011. And we did a book tour because she had just finished her book. So I guess, yeah, even then. Uh, and sometimes she would, she did a, she did an event, a 912 event in Washington, D.C. in 2010, I think it was. And I went up to Washington, D.C. to help out with that for the weekend. And that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, so kind of off and on. And then in 2017, we did our Moms March. 2018, we started to really gain some traction. And then 2020 hit. And I was my my mom had actually gotten into an accident that summer. We were had a we had a family reunion up in Idaho and we were driving ATVs and she flipped hers. 
and like shattered her collarbone and had hematoma in her legs. It was bad. I genuinely like I, I watched it happen. I genuinely thought she was dead. And it was like scariest moment of my life. But she was oh well, <laughs> she wasn't fine. She survived. And but she because she injured herself so badly, she wasn't able to carry things and so worked out that our my classes at BYU went online for the semester and I ended up going home living at my parents house and traveling with my mom we we traveled pretty extensively it was it was the last half of the year in November we went to Washington DC to help uh show support for Justice Kavanaugh to help him uh, get appointed to the Supreme Court. And it was after that, that my mom walked into my room and said, I'm hiring you. And you're, you know, it's going to be your full time job. And you're making this much money. And yeah, so this has been Moms for America has been my full time job for about two years. And it's been crazy. But it's been fun. It's been really cool to see how much that the organization has grown and changed and it's been so much a part of my life for over half of my life at this point that I I don't know it, it's it just kind of feels like it's come a little full circle in in the whole grand scheme of things and I I found my own place in in Moms for America I've made it my own in to to a certain extent and things will continue to change and grow and we'll see how how it, moves in the future but yeah that's that's more or less me in a nutshell oh, okay my mom will both see this later and she'll be like cassie you didn't tell people that you were a published author yes i did i just didn't really talk about what i published because i i don't know it feels arrogant to be like this is my book but to appease my mom this is my book it's the first one of a series. It's called The World Over. The first book is called The World Over, and it's a Stone World Saga. And it is my, I affectionately call it my zombie apocalypse family drama. And people who like zombies don't typically like this book because they don't really show up a lot because it's not about the zombies, it's about the family. And I picked the zombie apocalypse specifically because it could have been anything. And it, it just, it needed to be the apocalypse and zombies seemed like a really fun way to tie that in. And it's all about this family who has been separated for the last eight years since the start of the, uh, since the start of the apocalypse. And they're, they've, they've finally gotten to a place as a post-apocalyptic society where they can start looking into what happened and trying to find a solution, a resolution, a cure. And so the main character is River and she is traveling all around the country looking for her husband who disappeared. They were separated uh, five. They were separated, I think, five years before the start of the book. And in Hawaii, which comes in in the second book, is River's family. And then in, you know, it's just they're they're all over. You know, and they they finally, at the end of the the last book, they finally reconnect all together. Spoilers, <laughs> if you were gonna read it, my bad. 
but yeah so it's really fun i really enjoyed it i it's not perfect at all but it you know i learned a lot about writing and publishing and and it's very different to to publish something that you have written and i was really very blessed i was able to publish it traditionally and i it's been great you know i i did i make millions of dollars off of this obviously that is not the case but you know i don't i don't think for me it needs to be about the money because what i want to do is teach and in order to be able to teach people how to write stories that are publishable that can make change in in the way that i want to as a narrative communication scholar i need to be active in the field i would much rather have if i were going to medical school a professor who had worked as a doctor in the field as opposed to someone who went to medical school but never actively practiced so that's kind of like my philosophy i want to do my best as a writer as an author to help the students that i will interact with in the future i don't currently have a teaching job i'm i'm super swamped with what i'm doing right now with moms for america with my phd program with you know having my family here with all of the traveling that we do that teaching just isn't feasible at this point in time but i really do want to get back to it because that's my passion so that's, yeah, that's me. I look forward to, you know, continuing the conversation moving forward. And if there's anything else you want to know about me, I'm more than willing to talk. I tend to be a very closed off person, so I reserve the right to not answer any questions, but I'm always willing to listen. I hope that you guys have a great week and I will see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for watching that video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you like, subscribe, and do all those things that you do when you enjoy a video. If you'd like to learn more about us at Moms for America or the Millennial Rant, you can visit our website at millennialrant.com or see us on our Instagram page at millennial underscore rant. I look forward to seeing you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful day.